Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to visit with you again. We are coming into the second edition of our chronological study through the Bible. This week, we're going to be talking about Noah's Ark and that famous story that uh, I think we'd be safe to say that just about everybody's heard of. Yeah, it it sure seems like it. It's one of the, probably one of the most well-known Bible stories right up there with like David and Goliath and Jesus himself. Uh, You know, Noah's Ark is one of those like top 10 kind of stories that everybody knows. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So last week we talked about the uh, creation story with Adam and Eve and, and kind of went through a very brief look at that as I think most of our episodes in this study will be is kind of brief and, mm-hmm. and we'll never get into the detail that uh, that it deserves. But um, uh, what were some of the things that we left off with there, Matt, for, for that? Um, remind, give us a little recap of that story. Yeah, so uh, overall, we talked about um, the creation story um, that God created the earth in seven days, and that seven days could be poetically seven days, right? God's time and our time are different. But but the fact that he created the earth in seven days, six days, he created everything and established a Sabbath for rest. And then uh, shortly after that, um, or sometime, maybe possibly during that time frame, he created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden. Uh, they had a perfect relationship with God, but he gave them one rule. Don't take fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And with that one rule, as uh, so often is the case with us when we have rules, uh, it was uh, too much of a temptation. And, and Satan took the form of a serpent uh, and tempted Eve into taking a fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then she gave it to uh, Adam as well. And, and so that is how the story of how sin entered the world was through the act of disobedience. And so that's kind of where we left off last week. Right. So this week we're going to fast forward about 1700 years and talk about a man named Noah, who, like we said in the beginning, I think uh, the majority of people have heard of. Uh, If you haven't, it's a really cool story and kind of leads to how we came to the earth today. So so based on the uh, genealogies and the timelines we have in the Bible, events of Noah's story took place roughly between 3000 BC and 2000 BC, um, somewhere in that time frame. So uh, during the time between Adam and Eve's kids, um, so they had three kids, Cain, Abel, and Seth. We, we, we forget about Seth sometimes, yeah. uh, but Seth was the, the third kid. Between the time when Seth was born and when Noah was born, uh, the world had turned very wicked. Uh, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, it says, When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil at all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was deeply grieved. Somewhere along the way, between Adam and Eve and perfection that we saw in the garden, that perfect relationship, and once it got down to Noah, as as the uh, the population of the world grew, that sin had just been pervasive, I guess is probably the best word for it, that it, it had just overcome. Now, and so that's where we pick up with a story with Noah. So, so we're talking about the sin of the world, right, that God regrets making, creating man. Um I don't know that we discussed very much last week, but, um, you know, 
I've always been curious to know how many people were around. You know, we talked a little bit about we don't know if if he created Adam and Eve and then created others. Um, mm-hmm. You know, around that way, the the Bible only talks about the the garden and what's in mm-hmm. it. So it's interesting to think about well, how many people were actually around when he flooded the earth? Obviously, a lot. But did they all come from Adam and Eve, or was there others that created the human race up until Noah's time? Well, and one of the other question marks with that too is that yeah, a lot of times in genealogies you see the firstborn. So say Adam and Eve had well, in their case, we know Cain, Abel, and Seth. We know that they had three kids. But if you look at like Seth's timeline, um, it may only talk about his firstborn. And then it'll say his firstborn and say that, okay, well, he had a son named da-da-da and had other sons and daughters. And so we really don't know how many kids each generation had. Mm. Um, yeah, all, all we know is that there were a bunch of people around. So, yes, that's a good point. We don't even know what the population really looked like. Probably a lot because, you know, I, I doubt that they had any contraceptives back then. It was just rampant. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, what, what's, the, what's even the concept of it, right? You yeah. know, one of God's... Uh, first commandments was be fruitful and multiply you know fill the earth and subdue it right so right what we see here is that is that however many people were around that that the world was really wicked to the point that it made god regret uh regret creation i want to stop and talk about the regret side of things because we know today Mm -hmm. as we study the bible uh god doesn't have whoops moments right he doesn't he doesn't Mm -hmm. say oh i didn't know that was going to happen so Something else I'm curious about is what does the Bible mean by regret? Because he, he doesn't say, I make, God doesn't make mistakes, right? We say that all the time. Right. That's got to mean a deeper word than just what we know as regret. Yeah, that's a good point. I had never really thought about that, honestly. Because um, you're right, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. I, I think probably a good indication um, is that he, it says he was deeply grieved. Um, and so without getting into, uh, because I just don't have the knowledge base of like the original Hebrew and all that stuff. I, I think sometimes we think of God as not really having emotions and whatnot, mm-hmm. not being affected by things. But this is one of those times when we have indications that he really does. He's got emotions. He can get angry, sad, upset. And so regretted, maybe not in the sense of, how we think of regret, like we wish we hadn't done something, but maybe more of a, he was experiencing regret because of how it had gone so far. Right. Um, that this, this early in the, uh, the human experiment, so to speak, uh, yeah. that it wasn't going so well. Well, and he had to know that sin was going to enter the world, right? He knew, mm-hmm. he knows everything from the beginning to the end. He, he knew that was going to happen. Uh, we, we say it all the time. He could have just not put that tree in the garden and then we would have been robots just living to please God and, and not having that um, pull away from him in, right. in sin. So he, we wouldn't have that choice really to, to go back to him. Yeah. So he allowed that to happen. So he had to know what was coming. So I guess I would agree with you in that it, you know, it hurt his heart. Maybe that's the kind mm-hmm. of regret that it's talking about, that it hurt his heart that humans became the way they did. So he said, I just can't stand it anymore. I'm going to start over. Yeah, and that's basically where we ended up. That's where um, that's where Noah enters the story. In, enters the story there is 
when God says, I'm ready to hit the reset button on this thing. And so when God looks down at that time, uh, he sees basically one righteous man in, in the midst of all of this otherwise evil world. And so uh, God decided at that time, said, look, I'm going to flood the world um, and, and hit the reset button, truly hit the reset button on the world as a whole. In the process, his goal was basically destroy everything that was wicked, destroy everything that was um, everything and everyone that wasn't, you know, there glorifying him essentially that that had gotten off track, um, so that he could he could start over with Noah, uh, who was a righteous man that that followed God. So he decides to hit the reset button, and instead of saying he's just going to completely start over with a new Adam and Eve, uh, mm-hmm. he he wants to keep one family of humans um he wants to take the pairs of animals of every kind and mm-hmm. march them all into this ship into this big boat and let the human race in noah start over god gave him the the blueprints and the instruction and, and gave the animals the the desire to not eat noah and his family and uh, um and to get go on the boat on their own accord and then he said okay now now it's up to you good luck uh <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean th- th- this is the crazy thing about it so to put it in context noah was like 600 years old when this happened which i mean you know who's the oldest person that we know like it's significant if you make it to 100 years old right mm-hmm. uh i mean some places like 75 to 80 is like just unheard of and so um noah's 600 years old and then god starts telling him how to build an ark and that there's this big <laughs> flood coming and all these animals are going to come and that's just kind of crazy to think about i'm um, in my 40s and i don't want to go back in the construction business uh, i'm too old i'm too tired <laughs> you know i've been i legitimately i've been having some back pain recently i have no idea where it's coming from but i have a whole new sympathy for for like that that lower back like stiffness and tightness i can't even imagine at 600 what that's what that would feel like yeah can't even imagine no obviously people lived a lot longer back then than we do now so god gave him all the instructions uh noah built the ark and when the time came god told noah all of his family hey get in the boat it's time to go he got all the animals they came walking in two by two uh as some of the kind of fun picture show uh from from our kids Sunday school lessons and all that kind of fun stuff. Kind of fun to think about that. And then it says that God closed the door to seal them in, which, um, you know, if you can imagine a boat that's big enough to handle a family and, you know, probably a whole bunch of kids, all that kind of stuff running around. I mean, if Noah was 600, then his kids, you know, were probably 550, I don't know, 580. something like, like, so you can imagine several generations potentially around here plus all the animals, it's a big boat. Yeah. And so uh, it would take literally a force of God to shut the door to seal them in. But he did. And uh, next thing you know, 40 days and 40 nights of constant rain. Uh, and it officially flooded the earth and the reset button had been hit. I've been through floods. You know, we live in the hill country. We live near a river, lake. Uh, we've been through floods where just a couple of days of water has made it dangerous and been life-threatening memorial day is right around the corner that seems to be the famous time around here for flooding you know we've got to start watching out for that but i cannot imagine 40 days and 40 nights of straight rain and 
it said in the, in there that it rose to about 50 feet, if I'm not mistaken, above the mountaintops. So, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I can't remember exactly how high it said it got, but it was, but it cleared the mountaintops. Right, right. Um, it gave the cubits, yeah. uh, and I did a, I asked Alexa, you know, how many, how many feet were those, that amount of cubits, and I can't remember what it was, but it was maybe 150, I don't remember, but a lot, it was a lot, and, and the fact that it got up to the mountaintops, so there was no earth, no ground, no land showing uh, when all of this happened, so nothing but water. Where did it recede to? Said after the 40 days, or like, what, seven days later it receded. Where did it re- recede to? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about an evaporation cycle. I yeah. Mean, good grief. That's just crazy. Several months of the earth drying out. That's right. They were on that boat for a long time. So what yeah. happened to them? So, uh, yes, they were on the boat for a long, long time. And uh, towards the end, after the rain had stopped, Noah started sending a dove out. Um, he sent a dove out three different times to to see where where the water was so the first time dove went out flew around for a little while and came back he couldn't find a place to stop couldn't find a place to land and so noah knew okay there's there's still water over the land the second time was a week later seven days later and sent the dove out and the dove came back with an olive leaf in its beak and so signifying to noah that okay the waters have receded in some areas uh, but not everywhere yet and then the third time, another week later, uh, the dove left and uh, and landed, didn't come back, um, signifying it was able to find a home, right? That um, after all this time, after several months on the ark, that, that the dove uh, that the dove was able to find a home and, and start its life over again. That's how Noah basically God told Noah, "Hey, it's it's about that time. It's time to time to restart here." The animals were put on the ark two by two. So it seems to me like that dove said, see ya, I'm out of here, and left his bride on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been cooped up a little bit too long. I need a vacation. Yeah. I am out. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you know, so so it's funny you mentioned that. So 40 days and 40 nights, and then several months. Yeah, you know, something just hit me. I thought about uh, Snowpocalypse last year, just being cooped up in the house for like a week. Not to mention COVID. And not able to go anywhere. And and that was just me and me and Rachel and the dogs. Yeah, you know, not that's not bad at all. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine being cooped up in an ark surrounded by water, not able to go anywhere for months at a time. That just that sounds awful. And you're trusting the lion's not gonna get out and eat you. Right. Who who knows what animals are up there, right? Uh I mean, you know, if we're thinking of every animal that's currently on the earth, lions, tigers, cheetahs, you know, for your predators elephants where do they fit on this thing i mean giraffes i don't know it's crazy it's it's just Uh, another one of god's miracles to make everything come together (laughs) and nobody got eaten and then they all went their separate ways and then over time they decided to hate each other i don't know i don't know how that works but uh, animals being afraid of humans and all the and vice versa yeah that's true yeah that at one time they had to live at peace um I guess that that probably didn't last very long to be a fly on the wall uh in that boat would would be an amazing thing so so after all of this the ark came to a rest on the mountaintop all the people 
all the animals, uh, they, they leave the ark and they start life on earth again. And in the process, God gave Noah the promise of a rainbow. Um, he said he would never flood the earth and destroy the whole earth again in this way. Uh, Genesis 8, 21 and 22 says, when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth onward. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. And so God basically promises with Noah here that, that he's not He's not going to go this route again uh, and destroy the whole earth. And let's not look over this. Genesis 8.21 says, when the Lord smells the pleasing aroma. Y'all, that aroma was animal sacrifice. Noah just spent yeah. seven months a year on this boat with all these animals released them and then said okay now i gotta kill one of you for a sacrifice right right <laughs> i mean that that's a good point like this was this was god's response to noah being faithful right like yeah after going through all this with all these animals all these people you know Noah knows the first thing he does when he gets off the boat is says okay time to say thank you and yep. he sacrificed an animal that's a that that's a good point and that and this was god's response look at what happens when when we do the things god calls us to yeah um, he, he sticks to his promises pretty well yeah yeah and and that's just so god did not intend us we we just had this conversation with some family the other day about the whole vegan vegetarian thing and i don't want to if, mm. if that's the way you want to live cool um but god did not intend for us to live forever harmoniously with all the animals he gave us gave them to us for a reason and that is sustenance and all that good stuff so um that's just again proof that that um animals are food not friends most of them <laughs> <laughs> right right um, that movie. And, and i think kind of on that note just in general i mean um God put humanity, kind of looking back at the creation story, God put humanity in charge of everything on the earth, right? So it's 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 here for us and it's here for us to use and to 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 put to good use. Just to kind of put a, a another another notch in that is when uh, Adam and Eve sinned and they realized they were naked, right? And and God made clothing for them. He made the clothing from skins, right? So that would be animal. Um, so it's you know, it's important that we are good stewards of the creation we have around us and all that stuff. And, you know, to, to use some, uh, ranching term, you know, kind of the ranch management, we don't want to, we mm -hmm. don't want to abuse it, but, but at the same time, it is here for us. Mm -hmm. And so we should never let those get backwards. If we don't eat the animals, they will eventually eat us. <laughs> it's like technology <laughs> taking over the world someday. It's going to happen. It will uh, happen. <laughs> Emily is certainly convinced of it. So, so what was going on in the world then, uh, while this was happening, we're still, so we're not much was going on in creation in the world, except for creation. Of course, mm -hmm. the, a lot was going on, but, um, not in the way that we're talking about the point of this new series, but now we've started over, we've hit the reset button. Now we only have one family of people and a whole bunch of animals mm -hmm. scattered everywhere. So... Not much was going on yet, but there was a little bit. What was what was going on there? So the the main thing that was happening 
I guess shortly after Noah's Ark is is that Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, those three lineages uh, are the start of a lot of the ethnicities that uh, that we know today. So uh, Shem is the line that we follow most closely when we're talking about the Bible. That's the one that leads to Abraham. And ultimately, Abraham leads to uh, people like Moses, David, Jesus on down the line. And so Shem's line is the one that we follow through that. But we also have Ham that leads to the Canaanites, the Egyptians, and other African nations. And then Japheth is predominantly the Europe and Asia um, lineage. And so um, we see out of the Noah's three sons, the start of these different ethnicities. And uh, this is this is kind of their origin story after the flood. This is how they get started. Very cool. So, and we know that because, and we'll talk about this later, but the, the Tower of Babel, everybody splits up and creates new nations across the globe. But we're still so far away from where we are with Jesus. So how does it point to him at this point? You know, I think the the big thing we see in this story that points to Christ is um, is the attributes of God that we see in this story that Jesus also displayed. Um, so I think one of the things that, um, that we clearly see is the inability of God to coexist with sin. So God is perfect. God is holy and we are not. And so the reason that we need Jesus in the middle is because he basically, when God looks at us through that Jesus lens, we look sinless um, because all of our sins are forgiven. And so what we see in this story is God's inability to to coexist with sin um, and the whole reason we need Jesus. And again, I, I think I want to point out just for anybody who's listening new, because I know we've said this before, that it's not that God can't look upon sin. That's a rule he set up mm-hmm. himself. He's not weak mm-hmm. in that. I think we said it last week. It's not his kryptonite. But right. He set that up for himself that... Uh, he doesn't want to be part of sin. Um, so he just, he cannot. So that's where sacrifices come in to atone for their mm-hmm. sins as we go on down the line. And then, of course, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Exactly, exactly. So with that attribute of God uh, in the middle of this, uh, we see that Noah was saved by his faith. Um, Hebrews eleven seven says that by faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And so basically that all, all that saying is that Noah was physically saved by his faith. And that also points to Christ. And we see this several times throughout the Bible that our faith in God and our return to him is what saves us. It's not about works. It's not about doing all the right things or being perfect or anything like that. That ultimately, ultimately we are saved by our faith in him. And uh, when we talk about our relationship with Christ, that's what it's all about is our faith in him, our faith in him for our salvation and that we commit our lives to do life his way. And so we really clearly see that principle uh, in this story as well. And I want to point out, too, that if we look at Noah's life, we look at Jesus's life, if we look at our own lives, getting back in right relationship with God is not always easy. 
<laughs> Noah could have said, no, I don't think I want to listen to you, and then died with everybody else. That would have been an easy way out, right? But he was righteous. He wanted to keep that relationship, and he wanted to do what God asked him to do. So he, God said build an ark, and he built an ark. God said stay on this ark for the next seven months to a year or however long it was, and it's going to be hard. But he did it, came out the other end of it alive, and being the, well, the Bible says that Abraham was the, the father of Israel, right, of all the of all the people. Um, but the great, 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 great grandfather, maybe somewhere around there, Right. Abraham was Noah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. he kind of started the entire new human race. I still don't understand the whole Abraham thing, but we'll get to that later <laughs> because of that last statement. So it wasn't easy and it's not always easy having a relationship with God, but it's worth it. That's right. That's right. It's always worth it. And, and to, to back that up the reason it's worth it is because god's grace is good and that's the the last thing we see in this story is that ultimately that god's grace overpowers um whatever sin whatever faults we have in our life when we put our faith in him and so um that's on full display here because he saved noah noah had faith in him and so god said okay i'm going to save you from from the disaster that's coming um we again we see this all throughout the bible that god's grace god's love overpowers whatever uh uh, wrath, so to speak, uh, could be coming because God doesn't deal with sin. And so, and we clearly see that again in God's love for us and sending his son Jesus so that we could have a relationship with him that is fully out of his grace and giving us what we don't deserve and in a way to have right relationship with him. Yeah. And the mercy of not giving us what we do deserve. That's right. Absolutely. So with that being said, uh, that's that's the story of Noah's Ark and kind of where it fits in history. So if you're if you're interested in learning more about what that relationship with Christ looks like, um, you know, it's really uh, it's a simple thing to do, and it can be a I'll say a difficult road like we talked about, but it's always worth it. And it, and it really boils down to first and foremost just acknowledging that that you've got sin in your life, right? Nobody's perfect, and so we've all we've all got stuff that we deal with all all have stuff that that we know we could that we could do better right um things that we wish we hadn't done and so as a result of that jesus came lived a perfect life uh and died for us and he rose again three days later so that we could have eternal life and all we have to do to receive that is a believe that jesus is who he said he is and then commit our lives to him and just say okay okay jesus i'm going to follow you i'm going to do things your way I know it's not always going to be easy. I know that sometimes it may be uncomfortable or it might be a difficult road ahead, but I trust and I believe that your way is better than, than whatever I think, whatever the world thinks, whatever the world tells me to do. And it's truly as simple as that. It's just believing Jesus is who he said he is and committing to following him. None of us are perfect at it. None of us uh, get it right all the time. But it, but it's truly it's it's a simple it's a simple step to take. And so if you are interested in learning more about that, would, would like some more information, shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. We'd love to get you hooked up with some resources, get you hooked up with people, and and talk about what it looks like to start on that faith journey. And uh, yeah, and see see what God has for you next. It's truly incredible to see um, salvation come through your faith 
in him by God's grace alone. So it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, we've said it's not easy a few times in the, this episode alone. Don't let that scare you. It's, uh, it is mm-hmm. the best decision ever. You know, I used to think I had fun uh, in life, but uh, I have more fun now than I ever have. There, there is nothing like it. So, we say it's not easy, but it's also not that hard. Uh, <laughs> and 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 it's really the simplest thing you can do, is you know just to believe it and uh, like you said, believe it, confess it, uh, and ask Jesus into your heart. So that's our week um, today. We we just got through talking about Noah, and uh, I, I gave a little teaser as far as what's coming up next week. So what is coming up next week, Matt? Yeah, next week we're going to talk about the Tower of Babel and uh, what that looks like. That's a real important event in, uh, I guess, in world history. Uh, explains a lot of things, how we started out with Noah and ended up with all these different countries and continents and languages and all that good stuff so uh uh, be sure to tune in next week to find out a little bit more about that yeah we don't have a lot going on when we talk about you know what's going on in the rest of the world these last two episodes but it's about to get real y'all there's all kinds of things about to happen in the world that's right that is right it's real cool all right y'all have a great week as matt said uh shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com or you can go to our website at simplifyjesus.com and find all of our social media channels look us up there and uh you know shoot us a instant message or a a linkedin message or record a video and send it on youtube Uh, however you want to get a hold of us you can do it so we appreciate y'all listening and i look forward to talking with you again next week you got it we'll see you guys next week